0: Please uh, remain standing as you are able for the reading of God's Word. The text for this morning is from Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 and verse 19 as well. The text will be on the screens as I read. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. This is God's Word. Be to God. Please be seated. As Juan is coming to preach this morning, I'd like to dismiss children's church.
1: Thank you. Good morning. Um, My name is Juan. I'm one of the elders here at Trinity. And as such, I have a privilege to, to preach a couple of times a year. So thank you for the honors. And let's pray. Uh, dear Father, uh, we know that none of us is worthy of uh, preaching your word. So we pray that, we praise you and we thank you that um, you gave us the opportunity to preach it, not only in the congregation, but to our child, and our children, and our neighbors, and to be a witness of your gospel as we walk in this life. I pray, I, um, I pray for, for you to come and fill, fill us up, and that this morning of uh, worship, and, and reading of your word, and meditating on your character will be pleasing to you. In your name I pray, Amen. Psalm 80, we're going to have an overview here of, of a psalm. We can see that it's a call for restoration, for God's favor to be present in the life of Israel, the people of God. The Lord carries the vine, plants the vine, takes care of the vine, And the vine flourishes. We can see in the psalm that it says, you brought a vine out of Egypt, you drove out the nations and planted it, you cleared the ground for it, it took deep root and filled the land. So the vine is flourishing because of the actions of uh, the Lord. A pastor said something once that kind of helped me or kind of awakened in me a different view of the history of Israel. He said, the history of Israel is a microcosmos of your life in relationship to God. Now a microcosmos, if you look at the definition, is a miniature encapsulation of the qualifications of, and characteristics of something larger. So you could see the history of Israel as a miniature representation of your own relationship with God, and that resonated so much with me because reading through the Old Testament, the ups and downs, the shining of God's face, and then the forgetting of that shining and the disobedience that comes afterward I describe my own life. If you are a Christian today and then you walk the Christian life for many years, if you are honest to yourself, you cannot start behaving like Israel. You see wonders and then you are turned off by some stupid reason or because you just get distracted with something else that seems more appealing than God. So, we can see If we see ourselves in the history of Israel, then we can see ourselves as the vine that is being brought out of Egypt, out of captivity. And I have a picture here of, of the vine, and we have another couple of pictures right there. You see, the vine cannot sustain itself. It needs to be sustained. It needs to be lifted up. Somebody has to prep the work. So if you see a beautiful vine, I've been to California, the vineyards there, Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley, it's just so beautiful, but it takes so much work for it to be beautiful, for it to flourish. So God does the work. He keeps the vineyard. But then we see in the history of Israel, over and over, Israel keeps turning away from God. And then God gives warnings to Israel as He gives warnings to ourselves in our daily walk, in our Christian walk. Let's see one of the warnings here. Isaiah 5.5. This is something that he said he is going to do. And now let me tell you what I myself am about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall become a devastation. I will break down its wall, and it shall become a trampling. As we see here in the psalm, the psalmist, the author of the psalm, is attributing their disgrace to, walks, to God's walking away. He says, you have fed them the bread of tears. You make us an object of contention. You brought a vine out of Egypt, but then you have broken down the walls, and all of this... On Verse 18 gives you a little explanation. Then we shall not turn back from you. So they attribute their disgrace to God walking away from them, not taking care of them, because it takes work to take care of a vine, of a vineyard. And if a vineyard is just ungrateful and doesn't want him there, maybe God says, okay, I'll walk away from your life. Let's see how it goes for you. And then you're, you find yourself in misery. Let's see another prophecy here. Jeremiah 31, 31, 32. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. I will not be, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. So God is doing the work. He's taking them out of Egypt. He's planting them. So why is that? Why is it not um, why is he going to make a new covenant? Because they broke my covenant. So God is a covenant maker and the people of Israel sadly covenant breakers. Even though I was a husband to them they kept breaking my covenant. Um, One of the illustrations that kind of resonates with me or Open my eyes to see this in a different view, is remember the, the story in the Old Testament when Israel makes a cow with gold? They make a golden cow. And all of this, this cow is made with the gold that God gave them. He made them flourish. He made them rich. They have gold because God gave them the gold. So what am I going to do with the gifts that God is giving me? I'm going to make a cow to worship it. So God is giving me a family. He's giving me a job. He's giving me money. And I take all these things and I make a cow to worship. And I'm worshiping the things that he's giving me instead of worshiping him. So you see how the history of Israel could relate to our own history or our own lives if we, well, are covenant breakers like I think many times we are. So, as we said before, he carries the vine, he plants the vine, takes care of the vine, the, vine, the, the, the vineyard turns away from him, he gives her prophetic warnings, there is no correction, and then they are in disgrace, because Lord leaves the vineyard alone. After this, the psalm leads the congregation to sing a hymn of lament, pleading for God's restoration because they know that only God could lift them up again and revive them. Let's look at Psalm 71.20. Psalm 71.20, it says, You have caused me to see many troubles and evils, you will again revive me. And from the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. So, all of them join together in singing God, asking, pleading for restoration, for his face to shine, and for them to be saved. If we continue reading on the scripture of Jeremiah 31, 33, 34, we see the new covenant that God promised he was going to make. This is a covenant I will make with the people of Israel, a new covenant because the old covenant they kept breaking, right? After that time declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people, no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. So here's our hope. Here's a promise that God makes with us. For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. So... I hope that looking at the history of Israel or reading like passages like this, we're convicted with a holy conviction, a conviction that leads you to draw closer to God and grow spiritually. There are two types of conviction. There is guilt that brings you down and defeats you. And there is a conviction that helps you grow closer to God and frees you to live with the strength that he provides. So I hope that as we uh, read and, and, and as, as we talk about these things and as you see the, how kind of the history of Israel could compare to our own lives uh, to some extent or to a great extent, then we are connected with that conviction that frees us in God. Um, and let me see, when I say the strength that God provides, many times up for me didn't sound like, what is that? What is, what's the strength that God provides? So right now he's giving us a promise. I will forgive your wickedness, and I will remember th- your sins no more. And a promise gives you strength to live a certain way. When I uh, got engaged to my wife, and I hope it's the same case with you, when you're engaged to somebody, there is a promise that the person will marry you, and you stop dating other people, right? Hopefully. (laughs) Otherwise, you're not (laughs) believing the promise. So when you look at these promises and you believe them, there is like a down payment in your heart. The Holy Spirit is convincing you this is true. My sins are forgiven. I will live differently because I have a promise. I have this ring that is in my heart. And one day I'm going to get married. One day I'm going to, with this person, uh, I ain't dating sin anymore. Okay? Because I have this promise that has been made to me by somebody who is worthy of my trust. And this is a promise for us. And I, I hope that this, this will be our, our prayer um, that He will restore our hearts. Lord, restore our hearts. That we search Him uh, more intentionally. That we If we think we know him, that he will restore us and humble us so that we search him um, more. And if we think we know him and didn't like what we saw, then that he would restore us so that we surrender to his ways, which are better than our ways. So Trinity, this is uh, what I have uh, for you today. And... uh, Let's pray. Thank you, Father, that you restore our hearts and that you have promised us that in Jesus Christ we have eternal life and that you have made a new covenant with us, the covenant of your blood. We'll be celebrating that and remembering your, your um, son's death and resurrection on the cross as we take bread and, and, and wine in a little bit. Um, we thank you that you promise us eternal life in him. We plead for restoration for each one of us, for our hearts to be restored, a new, a new beginning with you, and that we um, will we'll hum, be humble enough to accept your ways and walk in them. In Jesus' name.